Time Out with Manu Kakopian. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Time Out with Manu Kakopian. Thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of my new Global Armenian Lifestyle Show. Um, for those who may not be familiar with me or some of my work, I'm a Los Angeles-based broadcast reporter, writer, an editor who's worked for and written pieces for the likes of the Los Angeles Times, USA Today, NFL.com, Fox Sports, and Men's Health, just to name a few places. And of course, I'm also Armenian, in case my name didn't give it away. Um, but all of those places that I worked, you know, were fun. But some of the most formative and favorite years were perhaps when I was at the international lifestyle publication Yerevan Magazine, uh, when I, where I used to run the magazine as an editor. And there I got to own in on my craft as a writer and interview international icons like tennis legend Andre Agassi and casino owner Alex Yamanijian and the likes of Food Network, Iron Chef's Jeffrey Zakarian. You know, all these were cover stories, but uh, at the same time, my as my career transitioned from ethnic media into mainstream media, the desire remained for me to tell these stories of Armenian heroes who are serving as role models in the community and throughout the world. And so started the impetus of this show. Um, so from here on out, Time Out with Manu Kakopian will discuss Armenian culture around arts, entertainment, sports, film, music, food, business, you know, all the fun stuff. And the, the show will feature prominent guests who lead extraordinary lives, careers, and serve as leading role models for the new, new generation. And our first guest is from that next generation. He grew up in boxing and MMA gyms, looking up to the likes of Victor Chinyan and Ronda Rousey. His name is Edmund Shabazian, a touted UFC phenom who is an Armenian mixed martial artist and still at the tender age of 21. Um, with a perfect record of 11-0, 10 of those coming via first-round finishes, the up-and-coming prospect has ambitions to become the UFC's youngest champion in history. And it sure looks like Shabazian has the ingredients. In his last fight at UFC 244, he walked into the octagon with the Armenian flag held firmly on his back and dominated Brett Tavares, scoring a, a devastating first-round finish at Madison Square Garden in New York. Uh, Shabazian has trained out of the Glendale Fighting Club in Los Angeles alongside stablemate Ronda Rousey. Ever since he picked up the sport as a preteen, Shabazian is now trained by Rousey's coach Edmund Tarverdian and managed by the best female fighter in MMA history to show him the ropes on how to become a champion himself one day. And now I invite you to listen to the interview. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Time Out Show with Manu Kakopian. Uh, today we are joined by a very esteemed guest, uh, Edmund Shabazian from the UFC, coming fresh off of a dominating knockout performance in UFC 244, where he further proved that he has championship aspirations to be the youngest title holder in UFC history. Um, Edmund, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, Monique. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, you're coming off of a fantastic knockout performance of Brad Tavares um, on ESPN2 in front of a, in front of a, a huge electric crowd for the, for the BMF belt as they were fighting for. But you, you kind of stole the show with your knockout performance there. 
Um, what was it like to be fighting at MSG and really putting on that kind of a performance? Oh man, fighting at MSG was definitely an unbelievable experience and um, definitely a blessing fighting there, you know, uh, performing there, the energy there and the history of that arena is just something crazy to look at, you know, and just, and actually performing there was surreal and I was just so blessed for the opportunity and everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Everything went really good and, you know, I'm just happy that both of us went out we performed. I performed. I got the win, but we both came out safe and healthy. So that's the most important thing. And but other than that, it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, I couldn't help but notice the. I mean, like all of your other fights, it ended again in the first round, and you came out with a very methodical approach. The first two minutes of the fight, you you were very. Uh, you kept them in close quarters. What were you? T- t- take me through. Take me through a fight. What, what when you're in front? When the opponent is in front of you, and all of the training and blood, sweat, and tears have been put in through camp, and he's finally in front of you. How do you hold back from just going there for the attack immediately? What were you looking there for from Tavares? Um. Well, looking at Tavares before in his previous fights, I knew he was. He, he he was an experienced veteran, you know, and he was a durable guy, and he was tough. He was a tough guy, um, and he hadn't been put away as much, you know. He's been like stopped only like twice in his career, so I knew um, I had to be I had to be calm and relaxed in there. Um, I of course my finishes are mostly in the first round. Like I go out there quick, I get it done. But um, that being said, I know Tavares has a bit more experience than um, the rest of my opponents. And I had to just be more calm in there and not rush anything, you know. When you're calm, when I'm calm, I see everything, uh, everything better, you know. And uh, my attacks are, are even better and more precise. So um, that was, you know, that was the game plan, you know, coming in there calm, relaxed, not rushing anything because uh, the openings would open up. And that's exactly what happened. And I got the win. Mm-hmm. Now, for for those who might not know, you're 21 years old, and and here you are talking about being calm, being relaxed. How how does that kind of maturity come at this age for you? Um, I think the maturity comes, you know, um, uh, with with the years of experience I've been doing as a as a young kid. You know, from like 12, 13, I was competing in all types of competition for MMA, whether it's boxing wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, um, and just competing in the amateur level growing up, you know, helped a lot and just increased my knowledge in the sport, in, in all the aspects of the sport. And I believe that that's definitely something that helps me when I step into the cage. And, of course, my youth, you know, um, and being that young doing those things, I believe. Being 21, I'm about to be 22 end of this month. So it's I think those factors play a big role. Uh huh. And you you're you're fighting opponents who are in some cases like Tavares, ten years older than you, who have their man strength, who probably were professionals when you were still a kid in perhaps junior high. 
what what is it like fighting guys that are so much older than you and yet you're beating them? No, you know, I've, I'm used to it. You know, I've, I, like I said, I did it from when I was competing, like amateur boxing, kickboxing. I would fight guys much older than me too. So it's it's nothing new for me, but it's cool. You know, I I test myself with older people, and it works out good. Uh huh. Um, who is the oldest fighter you've ever faced? Does it does it ring a bell? Uh, the oldest fighter, maybe. It doesn't ring all that, but I think I fought someone maybe like thirty four, five, probably before. Uh-huh. Did, yeah. Do you, Do you ever get intimidated just just stepping into the cage? Uh, what What's What's in that mindset of yours that made you want to become a fighter? What's in the mindset is I don't know. I, I just uh, I'm passionate about the sport. I just like I love it. I love um, improving myself every day in the sport. There's so much like. I believe there's so much to learn in this sport, you know. Even when you think you know like a good amount, there's still way more to learn and that's that that motivates me, you know, when I come in the gym and I learn something new and I improve this, improve that. I, I believe that's very like helpful and um I always do that, you know. After each fight, I go back in the gym, I take like a week off, I go back to the gym and work work on myself, work on improving wherever I can, you know, and I love that. Um, it makes it even more fun to train, and yeah, I, I think that's a great thing I have, and uh, I definitely use that, try to come out uh, as a better fighter each fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year you kind of had this coming out party uh, that you've kind of taken the UFC by storm ever since when you went on Dana White's Contender Series in July of 2018. You've since pulled off five consecutive wins. You're graduate. You're and you're a graduate of the of the local fight scene, but specifically with the UFC. What have you learned in the five fights since since being there? Um, definitely, um, the UFC experience is is a experience that is pretty indescribable. But during that five fights, the four fights I did in the UFC. I've learned a lot, you know. Um, I feel like I progressed a lot within those fights. And just going into each fight, I feel more and more comfortable, you know. Because you're used to that week already. The fight week comes in, you know. You're you're there doing the media. You're losing weight. And, like, all that, like, just, like, keeping your mind focused, this, that. Like, the more you do it, the more used to it you get, you know. And it's cool, you know, when I stay active. Since I've been active, that that's been helpful, you know, um, and that's also another thing too. I like I like to stay active, and I believe since I'm young, staying active is important because I'm going to keep building experience like that. Yeah, and you talk about activity. You've you fought three times this year. You'll be turning 22 in a few weeks. Uh, what are your goals for 2020? I mean, uh, it looks like it feels like sky's the limit for you, but I'm gonna let you answer that. What do you feel like 2020 has in store for you? The 2020, I believe, um, has a great, great uh, future in store for me. Um, I want to continue going the way I'm going, and you know, um, now that I believe my next fight would be probably like a top 10 guy, so. Yeah, you know, you know, we will keep climbing top ten and then top five, and then 
soon sooner than I know it, I'll get the title shot. Uh huh. And and you've said uh, before that you want to become the youngest champion in UFC history. That's that's a record that John Jones holds at twenty three years, eight months, and one day. So uh, you, you're still going to have some time to do with it. it. Is do you feel do you feel like um, the one of the more important things will be not to rush this process? That's definitely an important thing, not to rush the process. You know. Um, it's it's important to to continue fighting and pick everything smart you know do everything smart whether it's like uh fighting uh some guy ranked like two above you or three above you like you have to fight smart and you have to do everything uh, leading up to the fight smart you know no rushing no jumping right away you know to try to shot this that just because you're like a hot prospect this that no, you know, um, it has to be every, everything has to be uh, a decision made by my team and me, and we'll take it step by step, one side at a time. You know, no rushing because I'm still young. I still have time to achieve that record, and yeah, you know, um, we're just gonna take it one fight at a time. Well, it, it, it sure it sure feels like you like rushing because. I'm, Almost all of your almost all of your wins are by first round knockout or a first round finish. Uh, you've only had one fight go the full three rounds. Um, and do you? It's obvious you don't like getting paid by the minute. So what do you, what do you look for in these fights? Is it is it coming a little easier than you expected, or are you kind of surprised how fast these fights are ending too? Um, no, I'm not surprised, you know, um, I, I think I like the thing about me is that I, I'm a finisher, you know, I love going for a finish. Uh, I, I, once I like smell blood, you know, I go after it and, um, I believe that's just like my, my instinct once I'm inside instinct once and once I'm inside that cage. So, um, I have a killer mentality, you know, it's a killer be killed mentality in there and, um, uh, I use that approach to every fight. Uh huh. Well, it's it's clear that all, all of your fights finished by knockout. But do you ha- do you even have a favorite submission move? <laughs> favorite submission move? Uh, no, I, I, I whatever presents itself that that that'll be my favorite of the night. You know, whatever presents itself. Uh huh. And, and I know you have a older brother as well too what what was life like growing up together were, were you guys always just kind of practicing on each other to oh yeah you know till this till this day we're, we're practicing on each other and working together and helping each other all the time you know we grew up together in this sport so um we're always practicing together uh-huh and, and your brother leon shabazian who is uh, two years older than you you know seven and two record Another fighter that grew up in the local uh, fight scene with with CXF, which is now Lights Out Promotions, and you know he had his shot at uh, the UFC w- with Dana White's Contender Series uh, earlier in August, but he unfortunately was on the was on the wrong side of a of a knockout. What has that conversation been like between two brothers, and kind of you supporting him to follow your path as well too? Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's a fight game. Um, you know, you win some, you lose some, but uh, I definitely know he's he's still strong in there. You know, he's gonna come back even stronger and better. 
just having a brother like him by my side is really important. You know, he always supports me. I always support him. Take me through take me through your formative years a little bit. Uh, obviously, two brothers who got into combat sports. Uh, did you, did anyone in your family or your parents, did anyone kind of have a history in MMA that kind of led you in that direction? Um, no, I think it's just both of us um, loved competing. You know, once we competed in our first competition, uh, we just fell in love with it. And we just took it from there, basically. After we did our first co- competition, we both placed first and we just like fell in love with it. And, yeah, and I'm sure like any sibling, you guys were fighting growing up. When was the last time you guys actually had a fight? <laughs> <laughs> last time we had a fight was, I would say, a while ago, you know. Of course, like sometimes you argue and stuff, but like actually like threw down. Oh, that'll be a long time ago. Uh-huh. What, how old were you when you first stepped into the gym? Um, I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. 10 years old, huh? Uh, what 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 was the discipline or specific sport that you, you went in there for training for? We started uh, with Shotokan Karate. What was life like going through tournaments at such a young age? I mean, you know, growing up, it was all, for me, it was all about like football or basketball or soccer. Not too many parents take their kids into, you know, combat sports these days. So what was what was that? What was that life like for you? Um, you know, honestly, competing, um, I've always loved it growing up, you know. Um, I'm a competitive person, and competition is where you get to really show your skills, you know, with with others. And uh, just having that, the any type of pressure or any type of, like, um, like nervousness or something like that, like, it, I love that feeling, you know. And I love to embrace those feelings and go out and compete you know growing up i always loved that and i love it to this day obviously you're a professional now but what what do you think uh when you went to hoover high school here in glendale what was yeah. one of the highlights of your uh youth highlights i would say um i don't know i i think i had a, a lot of highlights you know whether it was in boxing or in in wrestling i, I like i think i i did a considerable considerable amount in all the aspects growing up and you know that led to me having a strong approach to MMA and a strong base in MMA. A lot of people talk about boxing and MMA and you know Jorge Masvidal who who won who beat Nate Diaz in the in the card you were headli- uh, in the headlining f- fight of the card you were on. He he wanted he wants to fight Canelo Alvarez and and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the crossover between boxing and MMA and we saw it happen with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. What do you think is the, what do you think that's like? Is Jorge making a good decision trying to become a boxer? Um, you know, honestly, that's a personal preference. But uh, you know, Canelo's an amazing boxer. But obviously, if they if that or like if that's a big money fight I mean let him go for that but um, you know Canelo's a boxer is all his life and I don't know it's it definitely like I believe uh, the levels are different when it comes to that MMA fighter stepping up with the boxer especially if he like has, I mean I, I know Jorge will throw down you know he'll fight in there but I think the level of Canelo is just like 
super high. Right now, we have the coronation of a BMF in UFC, but before there was the official title, Ronda Rousey perhaps was the most baddest female on the planet, and you grew up training with her. And uh, we're going to take a quick break right now, and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll talk about how Ronda Rousey ha- had a formative impact on your life and career. You're listening to Time Out with Manu Kakopian. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Time Out with Manu Kakopian. I am joined by our esteemed guest of the hour, Edmund Shabazian, fresh off of a devastating knockout performance of Brad Tavares and UFC 244. And obviously, uh, throughout this uh, part of the conversation, we've we've kind of got to know Edmund as the active fighter that he is today, but he has probably one of the more cooler backstories uh, of any active fighter as well, too, because Edmund, to tell us about it, you actually grew up training with Ronda Rousey, correct? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> what was that like? Mm-hmm. And I know uh, your trainer, Edmund Tarverdian, who's the founder and lead coach at the Glendale Fighting Club. He was Ronda's trainer uh, throughout the height of her MMA career, which at the which of course was your your adolescent and youth years. So you were how many years old when Ronda was training at Glendale Fighting Club? I believe I was like twelve years old. You know, when she first started training there, twelve years old, and I was like a hundred and like twenty thirty pounds. Uh-huh. So so I'm guessing you made a perfect sparring partner for Ronda. I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when she first started, I was like one of the first sparring partners with her. You know, it uh-huh. was a cool experience. Yeah, I'm pretty sure your your physique, considering you're a 12 year old kid, was an ideal match for her because I I believe she was competing um, right around that weight class as well too. What was it like training with what's no doubt going to be a Hall of Fame fighter? Oh, it was amazing. You know, it's just um, like her knowledge in judo, her pace, and because like, she first started off as a judoka, you know, it was incredible. You know, I would get tossed around, <laughs> armbarred. So it was cool learning from those, you know, and she would always help us, teach us. And just growing up with her, seeing her rise to the star that she became, seeing it firsthand, um, it was definitely amazing. And it motivated me, you know, to continue working hard uh, to reach my goals. And, of course, now Rhonda is retired. She's in the WWE, but she's also gotten on the business side of things, starting her own management company where she manages both MMA fighters and boxers. And it's safe to say that you're one of the up-and-coming stars in her stable. Uh, what is it like to also have her mentor you uh, from a different angle now? Oh, it's amazing, you know, having a legend like herself. Uh, getting to manage me, uh, it's a blessing. And having someone like that I've known from a young age do that is even more awesome, you know. And I'm just blessed for the opportunity. And just, it, it, it's, a, it's a thing you can't ask for more, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's one piece of advice specifically that she's given you that you still carry into the cage every time you step into it? I don't think it's one piece of advice she's given. I think, like, anytime she's, like, present or, like, uh, she's near, she, just the energy she leaves off and, like, 
what she says always, you know, is incredible. You know, she always has such positive energy and positive things to say, which always carries, like, carries, carries on with you, you know, so wherever you go. Uh-huh. And uh, you were training with her when you were a kid. Were you able to get out of those arm bars w- when you were younger? <laughs> no, man. She would arm bar me and boom. <laughs> I would have to tap. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, in, in training and 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 practice, it's it's a lot different of a pace. But um, how do you think being in that kind of an atmosphere um, helped shape your love for the sport? You know, you and and helped grow your relationship with Edmund as well too, who's now your trainer. Yeah, you know, we've always had a strong relationship with Edmund. You know, growing up, you know, going to competitions together and just training together from a young age but like I said uh, whenever Ronda was rising in the UFC becoming the star that she became and that she is uh, and seeing it firsthand it was it was more so motivational and like I remember the media would come here and the intensity of the room how crazy it was and that for every fight like how like crazy it would get and how how the fights would turn out and just everything leading up to the fight and the fight was just spectacular and um, I think my hunger grew even more to to keep working hard and you know try to reach my dreams. Uh huh. Do you think just sometimes they say you're an association of the gym that you work out or train out of? Do you think just having Rhonda there to be this kind of an example? and kind of show you the path on how it's done and you being such a kid and being a sponge and soaking it all in to kind of replicate, hoping to replicate that for yourself. Do you think that was like the most opportunistic uh, advantage you have out of anyone else? Um, I think so. You know, um, coming out of a gym where, where such a big star came out of um, definitely has its advantage. But, you know, that being said, um, when you're coming out of a gym like that, people expect things, you know, out of you. And you have to come out and perform. That I'm not saying that's, that bothers me by any means. I'm just saying that's, that's the way people look at it. When there's such uh, there's a high level of an athlete in the gym and then uh, that gym represents another fighter, to fight somewhere people expect like a lot you know from that person which which i love you know i love the pressure and i never let it get to me um even when people talk talk crap you know like like they've done in the past to coach and stuff like that never let that get get to us or anything you know we just keep pulling around keep working hard and keep going after our dreams you know mm-hmm. and uh you know Edmund's really done some uh he's also been a coach for boxers like Victor Chinian and Vanus Martirosian uh, back in the day also people who are uh fighters of Armenian heritage of course uh how has the how has the uh support from the Armenian community been for you throughout this uh rise that you've experienced the last 2 years Oh I think it's been incredible you know the Armenians show show lots of love and support you know, for me, and um, it motivates me even more, you know, to fight for our country, fight for our Armenians, and just 
just represent them, you know, and so on such a big stage. Um, just the love I'm getting from them, whether it's by, you know, them messaging me or like seeing me outside or anything like that. Like they they send all positive vibes, and um, I love it. You know, it's incredible. And and you walk into the cage with the Armenian flag on your back. You 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 hold it high. Um, what what was uh, what is that like growing up in in Glendale, where there's such a predominant Armenian community, and and the fact that you're kind of doing this in your hometown still, uh, it, like do do your friends from high school be like, oh my God, you're the kid that I was in science class with, and now you're <laughs> you're punching people in the face. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, just growing up in Glendale, um, like they call Glendale, they call it like the second Armenia because of how much Armenians there are here so it was it's it, i love Glenda, you know i love living here i love being here and i always miss it every time i go out of town and out of the states out of the country um i always miss my home of Glenda, california and yeah the armenians here are awesome you know um all of them support most of them support you know and i, I love it you know uh it makes me, it gives me a lot of energy, motivates me, makes me hungrier, and I just want to always put out, put on a show for them. Uh huh. And you know, we're a very festive culture, and I think one of the one of the things I'm actually curious about is how do you maintain weight? You know, we're always in <laughs> parties, we're always in barbecues. It's always someone's always getting married or engaged, and there's a 500 person <laughs> event. How do you keep yeah. How do you keep that diet and regimen under control? Uh, um, the diet, you know, once I'm in camp, um, it's all about discipline. I believe keeping your discipline. I I I've just done it from a young age to growing up, so I think I'm just really used to it. You know, my body's used to it, and Ultimately, it comes down to just having your discipline, I believe. When you have your discipline, you know, um, those, like, parties or this, that, like, don't get to you. And, like, <laughs> you want to you want to eat as much there. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, you're 21. You want to have fun. You want to party. You want to enjoy a good time. Do you feel that sometimes fighting can maybe turn you into a robot at the same time where you don't really get to enjoy life the way it needs to be? Not really, you know. Um, I know that fighting isn't going to be here forever, so um, I'm willing to make the sacrifices for the amount of years that I'm going to be fighting. And then I'll just enjoy all the other craziness or whatever is supposed to come towards my way later, you know. But um, I'm making sacrifices now, and I'm, I've done that from from young young age, so... It's nothing new to me. I love it. I love this life. And I'm just happy to be where I'm at. You mentioned sacrifice, but I have to ask you, immediately after your win, how did you treat yourself? Oh, you know, uh, we went out with friends. Um, uh, we had a lot of pizza, you know, the New York pizza. <laughs> and just, like, just had had a good time, you know, with friends and family. We were, we were out there at some, like, restaurant bar type of place and you know they were enjoying themselves i was happy and we just had a good time yeah i saw on your instagram that uh, a lot of the while you were walking in times square a lot of the fans 
who were in New York were recognizing you. Do you do you still find that to be surreal? I'm pretty sure not too long ago you were the one looking up to athletes, and now people are asking for you for pictures and autographs. Do you do you find that kind of to be a surreal situation? Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's amazing. You know, it's um, you know, I, I love it. Um, it's, it's definitely a cool experience. And I'm just blessed to be where I'm at, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, now, also at 21, you know, I remember when I was 21, I was on the verge of graduating college and all that good stuff. What do you do when you're not training? What do you do? How do you like to have a good time? What What are some of the hobbies? Are you considering school? What What's life like for you outside of the gym and, and the fight game? Life for me outside the gym, you know, is um, I would say it's just, being with friends and family, and I'm a foodie. I love exploring some new food places to eat, some good places to eat. And then I love, like, amusement parks and, like, like fun stuff. I love doing fun stuff. Nothing, like, too crazy, but it's, like, I want to try new stuff every time. Like, I want to go, like, maybe this time I'll love to go, like, dirt biking or something like that. Like, some crazy stuff like that, you know? I want to go on a boat or stuff like that. I want to... Uh, uh, that's the type of fun I like. Well, I'm not sure Dana White's gonna love hearing that you want to go dirt biking because he wants to keep you. He wants to keep <laughs> no, you. Not like he wants to keep <laughs> <not> you safe. <laughs> you no, know, I won't go too crazy with them. Just like you know, like <laughs> not not like the flips and stuff. Just like yeah, driving, leave riding that, it around. Leave that to Travis Pastrana in the X Games. They'll pop the wheelies. <laughs> you, you 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 pop the jaws. Uh, in, in the fights, uh, you mentioned you're a foodie. What do you like to eat uh, immediately after a win? You had some pizza during New York, but do you have like this celebratory meal that you always eat? I don't. You know, I don't have a celebratory meal. I, I believe um, I, after every fight, I have basically. Um, I always have like a craving after a fight. You know, it's always different each fight. So this time it was no doubt the New York pizza. You know, uh-huh. and. Next time, maybe it might be different. Maybe it might be pizza again, you know. But it's, it all matters, like, what I'm craving that day. Because I'm like, you know, I did my job. Now it's time to go. You know, what am I feeling? Let's go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this was your first fight um, outside of Las Vegas, outside of Los Angeles, which, you know, in proximity, of course, is, is close, you know, fighting in New York. But, you know, uh, whoever might not have known you until now, you, you grew up. In the local fight scene, um, you know your first your first five wins. Uh, I'm sorry, your first six wins were in Los Angeles at CXF, which is a kind of a, a really a, a, a prospect farm for 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 the UFC in most cases. Which your brother fights there as well too. Um, what was it like to kind of get through that process? Take me through that first fight on February 25, 2017. Um, what were you feeling? Oh, you know, it was my first first pro fight. I was 19, and I was just a, I was the same mentality I have right now. You know, just uh, hungry. You know, hungry to get wins, hungry to compete in there. You know, and yeah, you know, I went out there, was calm, got the win early first round, early win, and yeah, you know, I was. I, I couldn't have been more happier, and I was excited with my performance that I got. And, yeah, my brother and I both fought the same night, so it was a cool experience. 
Yeah, and and now it's rebranded as Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Uh, I, I know your brother's going to have some upcoming fights there too. I always see you there at the fights because Edmund has the the current champion Alfred Kashakian. He has Milsik Bagdasarian who also trains there. Um, what is it like to kind of have so many good fighters coming out of the same gym and you guys kind of competing at a top level together? What's that support system like in the brotherhood? Uh, considering the fact that you're also all Armenian, it's just amazing. You know, it's like, like I said, it's like a family-like um, experience here. You know, uh, in the gym, we're like a family. You know, we support each other. They come support me. I, I support them. You know, um, you, you get what you give. You know, and we always support each other, and we always like represent each other in a good way. All good vibes with each other. Uh huh, and of course you're 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 only you're only 21. But what is the the highlight of your career so far? The highlight of my career, I don't even know. <laughs> Probably, you know, I I think I want to make a I want to make a bunch of highlights in my career. The highlight of my career is whatever people think it is. You know, I let the people decide. But for me, I don't care. Uh, I just want to be the best ever. That's what I. That's what I want the highlight of my career to be. <laughs> uh huh. And do you do you find the parallel similar to what Israel Adesanya did over the last year to what you're doing now and how you if if every if everything plays out the way it should be that you might end up fighting him for a title opportunity? Definitely, you know, definitely. You know, he's a good fighter. Um, climbed the rankings, climbed to the top uh, in a short amount of time, and. You know, if my my path is like gonna be like that, so be it. I'll uh, I'll love it, and let's do it. Uh, whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm ready for it. I'm gonna keep working hard, keep getting better, and ultimately reach that title and get that title. Uh huh. You're right now. The UFC has you ranked at number ten. You've moved up three spots. Uh, you were you were number thirteen when you were fighting Tavares. Uh, you know, s s some of the handful of guys that are in front of you are Derek Brunson, Jacare Souza, Kelvin Gastelum. You know, uh, do any of those names uh, entice you uh, in, in a future fight? Definitely, definitely. Anybody in the top ten uh, um, entices me, and and I'm motivated to go out there and make a statement against each each and every single one of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And. Before I let you go, Edmund, I got one last question. You know, the end of the year is coming. Uh, 2020 is around the corner. What's going to be your New Year's resolution uh, for next year, both personally and professionally? Personally, um, just to be a, continue being the person I am, you know, continue staying the way I am, you know, never change. Uh as into a bad person and always stay a good person and uh, professionally we're gonna reach the top five hopefully and maybe if maybe you know you know sooner than sooner than you know it we'll get that title shot hopefully maybe by the end of next year or by 2021 but we're gonna keep climbing the rankings that's no doubt well, Edmund, I'm sure a, a, a lot of us, including the Armenian community in Los Angeles and worldwide, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be following along. If if they haven't heard of or seen you now, 
I'm pretty sure your your highlights speak for themselves, and you're going to be gaining a lot big of a fan base moving forward. And, and I'm sure uh, uh, we're going to be uh, watching and following along and uh, saying your name proudly. So, uh, again, thank you again for the time. Best of luck and health to you for the rest of the year and moving forward in 2020. And we look forward to seeing you next time in the UFC cage. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it a lot.